0: Hi, everyone. This is Katherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 336. Are and you tonight, sure? I'm sure. Oh my God. I can't <laughs> believe I keep doing that. It's 336. And tonight we are sort of on schedule. Last week, instead of covering Night Vale, we had a fan art gallery. Definitely check it out. It's the Locked Tomb series. That's fun. Uh, so this week we're going to just keep on our usual schedule and we're going to talk about Lore Olympus. And next week we still won't have more than one episode of Night Vale, so we're still technically on schedule. We're still technically on schedule by default. Yeah, there you go. So, we are going to talk about Lore Olympus tonight. We are going to talk about two episodes. First is episode 217, which is available for free right now on the Webtoon app. And then we will go straight into 218, which is currently only available if you are fast-passing the episodes. But we will give everybody a big spoiler warning before that. And it should be pretty fast because, once again, we really don't have any forward movement. I mean, we're talking about like anything that's happened since Kronos was sent back to Tartarus, We're really just kind of like we're in the process where Hades and Hecate are just digging into what the hell happened. How did Kronos do what he did? Yes, Thanatos described at one point as an adventure mystery situation. Mm -hmm. So they're just figuring things out right now. But we are still getting some good information about what happened in the 10 years yeah. So it starts with um, Thanatos has just slammed the door in Hades and Hecate's face, and Daphne doesn't know what he's doing, and he's saying, absolutely, I'm not letting him in, and Daphne lets him in. And Daphne yeah. pretty much corrals both of them. Both of them just want to shout at each other about, you banished me, well, you betrayed me. And she's trying to tell him, we have to have a productive discussion, and they said, we're men. Well, This is how we work things out, which Daphne's not hearing that, so the next thing you see, the two of them sitting on a couch sulking and then yes. they actually do have a conversation they do uh, what comes out part in the conversation i mean when hades says he wasn't really himself and thanatos is like yeah i know you had been through a lot and hades just like no i was literally being controlled by chronos so at least we did get that out in the open but hades wanted to know what exactly happened after he kicked him out And Thanatos said he went to Olympus and Zeus threw him out of Olympus too, because Zeus Mm -hmm. saw him as a snitch and he didn't want him around. And I could have guessed that because Zeus was perfectly willing to take advantage of the information, but he wasn't really going to trust anybody that would you know, act like that. So he banished Thanatos to the mortal realm, but he was also angry at Thetis. So he banished her to the mortal realm and made her get married to a human king. So I guess that explains why Achilles has now been born because... Um, Thetis's marriage was a punishment, and you gotta yeah. wonder if we're gonna see her be at all upset about that, because right now she's playing it off as her having power, but technically she's kind of on the outs with the God of Heaven, so yeah. Yeah. As much as I would like to see more forward momentum in the story, because we still don't know, I'll just tell you right now, in these two episodes, we still haven't heard anything about Apollo, but I would just kind of like to see, just for the shade and fruit, to see Thetis have that conversation with Zeus where he told her, No, I don't want you around anymore and I'm going to banish you to the mortal realm because right now she's just being kind of a bit of a C word and I'd like to see her get her come up and Yes, you know? yeah. But that hasn't happened yet. But anyway, not so. yet. Yeah. So Hades didn't really think that sounded like much of a punishment for Thanatos to be banished to the mortal realm with all the nymphs. And Thanatos said, The last few years was actually really nice, but Daphne was stuck in tree form for a long time and it, he had to wait until Persephone was able to restore her. So that kind of made Hades think about the fact that Hades, you know, his whole life was upended because he was separated from someone he loved, and he hadn't realized that had been the same with Thanatos. And then Thanatos kind of opened up about the fact that he felt that he was always kind of horrible to Hades when he was growing up because he was just kind of hurt about the fact that his own mother didn't want him. And Hades says, you really weren't all that bad. You didn't have a choice about being here, but you always gave me everything I needed. And Hades also has issues about fatherhood. Yeah. And I mean, it's a super productive conversation all the way through. And meanwhile, while this is going on, you've got Hecate and Daphne in the other room, and they're totally just on their phones. And Daphne asks Hecate, so... What happened to you? And Hecate's like, I was taken over by an immoral being. What about you? And Daphne's like, turned into a tree. You know, just that's that's all they need to talk about. But here's my thing. So Thanatos tells Hades that Daphne was stuck as a tree for mm-hmm. many years. And Daphne just told Hecate that she had been turned into a tree. And neither Hades nor Hecate took even a moment to be like, Oh, Why did that happen? I'm like, damn it! (laughs) That would have been a really good moment for somebody to just say, "Oh, who? who, Why did you turn into a tree? Why did you feel like that was necessary?" And uh, talking about people getting their comeuppance, something's gotta happen to Apollo because, I mean, surely everybody knows who was involved with Daphne having to be turned back from a tree knows that it was Apollo's fault, and yet. Daphne still doesn't seem to be taking any precautions or looking over her shoulder or being at all cautious about maybe running into the god who tried to murder her back when he wanted to keep her quiet. So I just, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's I I still want to find out what the hell is going on with that. But anyway, so... Hades does, you know, tell Thanatos that his real reason for being there was that he needs to speak with Thanatos's brother, Hypnos. So they head off in the car to go meet him. And Daphne insists on getting boba tea before they stop by, <laughs> which I mean, at the, you know, Thanatos is like, oh, we really don't have time for that. Well, of course they totally do. Oh, yeah. And, and I love that, that they're sitting in the car and Hecate says, this is really good. And Hades says, I don't trust chunky drinks. And I am right there with you. You on that Hades because I really I do not like the idea of boba tea I don't want to chew my freaking drink oh I've had it several times I mean I'm not like there's there's people who are totally addicted to it but it's like I don't know I mean it's not I don't even think it's like chewy I mean I try to describe it I'm just like like imagine little round gummy bears floating <laughs> in your drink doesn't and you just work suck them for up. me <laughs> oh man if you have like a um like a Thai iced tea, which is iced tea that is like really sugary and really caffeinated, and it's got boba's in it. I mean, it's really delicious, and you will be hyper. Oh my goodness! But it is yeah. Well, next time you come out here, we'll get you hooked up. But I'm on Daphne's side. On <laughs> so they get down, and apparently, what happened is that Thanatos takes Hades to this little corner of the underworld, and kind of goes in through a door, and that's where Hypnos has been. Now, I can't remember if Hades addressed this in this episode or the next episode, but Hades is like, he's in my realm, and Thanos is like, technically this isn't your realm, and Hades is like you had to go through my realm to get there, yeah. so there's a property dispute going on. Yeah, because it was the door to HR, that which is why I, yes. that was where it was hidden, because it's where nobody goes, so which <laughs> makes sense, but yeah. yeah, so they walk in through the HR door to... Uh, by the way, uh, side note, I know several HR people, and they are lovely people, okay. so you know, no, no shade on HR people, but I do know that a lot of people wouldn't go there on purpose, because that's where you go when you're in trouble. Yes, yeah. um, HR is what you use as a threat, most the time for good or Mm -hmm. evil that's what happens but yeah yes so they go into the uh hypnosis realm and thanatos's first reaction on seeing him is uh hey brother have you ever located any pants because i guess hypnosis naked all the time but he's got his wings and like strategic areas so it's fine (laughs) yes um and hypnosis says oh brother i didn't expect to see you and then turns to hades and says but i was expecting to see you and that's where the episode ends Yep, yep, yep. So we're jumping right now into episode 218, spoiler warnings. And this whole conversation, the reason why they want to talk to Hypnos is because it's not just that Kronos like, took over people, but he the entire underworld was put to sleep, and they need to find out how that happened, how did Hypnos make that happen, and how did Kronos get that kind of power in the first place? So, of course, the first episode starts with Hades having all kinds of problems with the fact that Hypnos is basically squatting in the underworld, which Hypnos Mm. doesn't really want to agree that it is the underworld, and Hades thinks that he should probably be paying him some overhead for using a door in his realm, and Hypnos mutters something about and you wonder why you suffer from insomnia, which I guess we did see that, or at the very least, he's had nasty dreams, so you can yeah. imagine Hypnos, you know, having something to do with that. But, I'm trying to think of, like, the order that it happened, but Hypnos tells the story of talking with Hades, quote-unquote, but it's totally not Hades. It's actually Kronos in disguise, and Kronos has some, like, very special blend of ambrosia, and our Hades is kind of like, used my ambrosia? I was saving that for something! Alright, fine, never mind. We'll move on. So, Basically, Kronos gets Hypnos drunk. Yeah, and uh, starts asking a lot of penetrating questions about how Hypnos's powers work and how close he has to be to make them work and how many people he could possibly put to sleep at once. And then mm-hmm. he sends him down to Tartarus to go talk to Kronos, which Hypnos would have had a problem with, but again, he was drunk. So he yeah. wandered in and he meets... Kronos and gets taken control or taken captive by Kronos. And one of the things that Kronos said was that there's a fertility goddess in the underworld who has grown him a tree. I think that's how he phrased it. And he was allowing him to restore himself, which is why when we saw Kronos, he wasn't just the bones that he had turned into after so many centuries in Tartarus. Yeah, yeah. And um, Hypnos says something like, I think the tree might have actually been kind of stunted, I think, for a while. I can't remember. Because when they went in there, the tree wasn't still growing, right? Right. Before they defeated Kronos. Yeah. And I think that was one of the things that Hades and Persephone restored when they did that lovely dance to restore the underworld. They grew her tree back, which Hypnos says is possibly not a good idea. And I was wondering about that too, because it did, did seem like Kronos was getting some benefit from the leaves that were falling off of the tree into Tartarus. Yeah, yeah. But one of the big things that Hypnos says is that Kronos has power down there, partly from that tree, but then Hypnos actually drops a bombshell and says that another source of this power is that he's got his own captive deity down there. And it's a child. And Hades just looks just stricken. Because just the idea of any child being held captive by Kronos, I'm sure, just triggers him all the hell. But. We've seen that little tiny little ghost child or something around Hades a few times. and So do you suppose this is the same thing? Maybe, because someone had mentioned that it might be, I'm not even sure if I pronounced this right, Onios, Oneros, something like that, another god of dreams or sleep or nightmare or something like that. So could be, that could be who was like trying to reach out to contact Hades this entire time, either because he was under Cronus's control, or he was trying to get away from Cronus, trying to wake Hades up. So I don't know. But there was one little side bit that Hypnos wanted Hades to do him a favor before he would talk to him about all this. And Hades really didn't think that was, you know, Reasonable since basically Hypnos has been using a door in the underworld without his permission. And Hypnos says something about the fact that, well, I did have to spend many years with your father, and not to victim blame here, but it's because you let your feelings get the better of you when your girlfriend got sent away. So Hades is just like, fine. But one of the things that Hypnos wants is for. His daughter, Morpheus, to go with Hades and Hecate because oh. she needs more experiences that she 's not going to be able to get in hypnosis realm and Hecate introduces herself and says, Well, you can shadow me. And Morpheus is like, I already have been. And I thought maybe Hecate would have a problem with that. But no, she seems perfectly enthusiastic about the idea of Morpheus, you know, coming along and seeing how she does her work, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, that felt like there was more going on there than they actually said. But everybody seems to be okay with it. Yeah, they seem to be, like, best gal pals instantly, so I don't know if there's, like, an attraction going on, maybe? I don't know. Who knows? But, yeah. yeah. So that was all the revelations uh, that Hypnos had for Hades. And the next thing we see is now, are we back in the underworld or are we in Olympus? Because Persephone is going out shopping because that was what Hades had recommended that she go do to enjoy herself and see the sights. No, I think she's still in the underworld because they went from the mortal realm to the underworld. And that's, you know, Daphne along the way picked up the boba tea and everything. Now, they dropped Daphne off and you can see Thanatos like pressed up against the window like Ugh. so she went <laughs> off to go do her own thing. I don't know. Did did they drop her off in the underworld before they headed into Hades's like corporate business office and everything or did they drop her off in the mortal realm before they got to the underworld? Well, I feel like it's not the mortal realm and I'm kind of thinking it's Olympus because one of the things that Persephone spots that she's curious about is what looks like a burlesque place or maybe just a titty bar, and it's called Good Vibes Olympus with all the neon and everything. Hmm. So yeah, it, it seems like she's definitely not in the mortal realm, but I don't know if she's actually in Olympus right now. It's very light and sunny outside, which tells me it's not the underworld. So no, I don't that's know. True. That's true. i It's funny, I saw the good vibes and I wonder if it was just like a a place where they sell toys, you know, vibes. Ah, uh, uh, yep, yeah, that could be it too. It yeah. definitely looked yeah. adult and Persephone was kind of curious about it until she suddenly hears someone behind her and it's Daphne and Eros who... Yes. She's seen both of them since she, you know, returned from the mortal realm, but I don't think she's had a chance to have a nice sit down and chat with Eros yet. So she sits down to talk to them and they just, they're facing her across the table and the look on their faces, they're just, they are so ready for her to spill all the beans. And they want to know what her first night was like with Hades. And Persephone says, um, well, we haven't, done it yet. And Eros just faints. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where the episode ends. There's like this little ghost flying up and it's like his soul leaving his body and everything. I mean, he's just dead. (laughs) So (laughs) they cannot, but but I just loved the look on Daphne's face while they were waiting for Persephone to tell them what they really wanted to hear. And then she didn't. But yep. So that was where we leave it. And maybe we'll move a little bit more forward. Uh, I don't know. But I did see there was an interesting discussion, argument possibly going on with the commenters. And it's about the fact that it feels like Thanatos has gotten forgiven awfully fast. And there's this whole, you know, he was having daddy issues and Hades is dealing with, you know, the whole idea about fatherhood and how that could be toxic and everything. But meanwhile, Demeter is still being seen as the big bad and the controlling mother, and she's probably going to ruin everything Persephone. And everyone's wondering if this maybe is a little misogynistic, which is weird because this is written by a woman. So Uh I don't know. Does it seem like it's kind of fast for Thanatos to have gotten forgiven for all this? Because he was kind of awful to Persephone, who had never done anything to him. Well, maybe... Maybe it's a little fast for Hades. I don't know. But Hades is dealing with his own guilt. I mean, I think he takes a lot of responsibility for the fact that it was his father from his realm and he was supposed to be keeping track of his father. So maybe that's why he's not going to lean on him too hard. Now, as for everybody else forgiving him, I mean, it's been 10 years. Persephone has probably had many conversations with him over you know, the course of those last 10 years. So I don't know. I'm not sure. But Demeter, I mean she's seen as the big bad guy, but only by the readers. I think everybody in the book is just like, oh, well, it's just Persephone's mom and she's overprotective. We'll wait to see what happens if she actually, you know, does something. Yeah, because it does seem like Demeter has more reason to behave the way she's behaving than Thanatos had. I mean, she is very overprotective, but her daughter is also a fertility goddess that a whole lot of people would see as being useful to be under their control. And also, she's had pretty much nothing but bad experiences dealing with the male of the um, Olympian Pantheon. I mean, Zeus would drop off all of his girlfriends that he knocked up and was, you know, ghosting. Um, Poseidon, I guess, abandoned his son and never came back. And he's kind of a uh, player, although it seems like he's got sort of an understanding with his wife. And Hades was just... Awful to her about not voting for her to become the queen of the mortal realm and never did give her a reason why and was just basically shitty to her. And now she's understandably worried about the fact that her daughter has fallen in love with this person. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that. I still want to see exactly what was the real conversation she and Hades had. I mean, because mm-hmm. you know, unless Hades had been actually taken over by his father in that situation, too, I can't imagine him being that awful to her without some kind of reason. I, know? I do feel like it's another sort of Rashomon situation that we're going to yeah. see, you know, her side and then his side. And the reality is probably going to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I mean, Rachel Smythe, she really does always try to make... Things very healthy in these stories. She does, yes. Yeah, and I think that's possibly where Hades forgiving him probably came from. It's just like showing an example of two guys who are so mad at each other, all they want to do is fight. They sit down and they have a conversation. I mean, I know it's like a trite thing to say. It's like they talked about their feelings. They seriously talked about their feelings and why they came to do the things that they did. And so it's very healthy. So I don't think it's too fast. I think that just might be Rachel Smythe's storytelling technique. Yeah. I think sometimes some people were jumping in the whole idea that the woman of the situation is not getting fair treatment at this point. Well, and I that's do also a fair assumption a lot of the time too. And, and part of me wants to see you know um, Demeter have this what is it the hallmark moment where she suddenly mm-hmm. realizes that she's been awful this entire time. But I yeah. think Rachel's a bit more subtle than that. I think so too. It sure would be nice to talk about shade and fruit. You know, I just want Demeter to just back off a bit. Yep. God. Yeah. Well, I want to see Apollo suffer. So, and I think yeah. everybody will agree on that one. But I'm really hoping that he's not going to manipulate. Demeter in this whole situation, like he's going to oh. rescue Persephone. Ugh. Oh, jeez! Oh, to have Demeter and Apollo on the same side—that would be awful. Let's hope not. But that wraps it up for Laura Olympus. So, only thing I wanted to mention was I actually watched all of Guillermo del Toro's uh, Cabinet of Curiosities, and I thought it was awful. Really? <laughs> that the writing is so bad. Like a lot of the dialogue feels just dumb. Um, It meanders all over the place. I don't know if it's Netflix bloat or whatever, but the stories take forever to get to the point. And then it just, I don't know, I mean, somebody said that it's really based on the creep show model, which was nothing that I ever watched. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, if the the idea is it's just an episode where people do things, and maybe they do good things or bad things, but something horrible starts happening, and tension, tension, oh my god, monster, people die, there's carnage at the end. And so there's no twist endings, there's no, like, to be learned. They all seem to be just kind of like, oh, and that's the end. And I just, I don't know. I, I'll i tell you one thing, though. The second to last episode is called The Viewing. And I think that episode, it's so bonkers. It went all the way around stupid and came back to being cool. <laughs> I think it is, it takes place in the 1970s, like literally 1979. And I told my friend Wade, I said, imagine a 1970s B-movie, B-horror movie, but with a huge budget, but they can't find a writer to save their life, but they did everything else right. You know, (laughs) it's just, there's this great 1970s aesthetic. It's almost like, you know how steampunk, steampunk is like technologically advanced for the Victorian times? Mm -hmm. Well, imagine the 1970s super technologically advanced, but not in like a Buck Rogers way. I mean, like, imagine in the 1970s what a house would look like if it was like the most technically advanced thing that people could have, but it's all like 1970s, and it's just... <laughs> It's weird and I don't, you know, it has an odd sort of ending and stupid dialogue in the beginning, but there's something about that one that's pretty compelling. So, and none of the episodes have anything to do with each other. So, if you want something fun, just skip the other episodes and go to the second to last episode, The Viewing, and check it out. I think you'll be intrigued. Okay. Well, part of that sounded a little bit like uh, Nathan and I rode uh, Amtrak to Charlotte this weekend, which is really nice, so much better than driving. Uh, and there was this family that was sitting next to us and the little girl who probably was like 10 or 11 something like that had her tablet out and she was watching something that was I mean I glanced over at one point and like someone had obviously been drawing like a series of line art in sort of an anime style to match up with the story that they were telling and it was right. one woman's voice that was telling like an entire story and she was like doing all the different voices for all the different characters and it was all like high school drama, and then this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this person was totally evil, and then this person realized that they absolutely loved them, whatever. And we got off the train, and Nathan said that was the most vapid crap I have ever heard in my life. And I said, "Oh my god, it was so banal, and it wouldn't stop." Oh god, <laughs> that sounds awful. Oh my god. So everything else about that train ride was fine, but we actually we went to the um the Renaissance Festival outside of Charlotte this weekend. Oh yeah, that's right. How oh, was that? It was so nice oh my God, the costumes. I mean, I wish oh, I had, right. I wish I was more, because people don't seem to really expect it as much at a f- festival that to have someone stop and say, can I take your picture? Like they do at a convention for cosplay, but so many beautiful costumes and all these right. wonderful stands. And the entire time I'm just telling myself what I don't need. I'm like, I, oh, no. I do not need a leather mask. I do not need a garland of dried flowers with ribbons hanging off of it. Mm. I do not not need a bustier, all of this stuff that I don't need, but it was all just beautiful. And I'll tell you, it was pirate weekend, but the thing that I kept seeing... And I'm kind of not sure what the term is. It's almost like forest witch sort of thing, but it was people dressed kind of in tatters and ribbons. And maybe they have antlers as a headdress that's all strung with beads and garlands and things like that. Oh, I mean, I told uh, Beth that my next costume, I think is going to have to be that because it was just so pretty. I couldn't believe when we went to, it's like it's the pleasure fair. It's the Renaissance fair that's outside of Burbank. And I went with, you know, Don and Lauren and Leland and several friends and that was what I noticed too is the costumes but it's also like you know when you think about oh yeah I'm going to go to a ren fair I'll get like a little skirt and a little corset and maybe a uh, fluffy blouse or whatever and then you go to these and you see so many different styles you just you you completely forget that it could be more than just the fluffy top the corset and the skirts I mean I saw people with like swordsman's uniforms and um like the forest gods that you were talking about and witches and fairies and just all manner of costumes. And I took pictures of the more cosplay-like elements, you know, because people will play around with that. But you're right. I just wanted to just take pictures of people's beautiful costumes so I could have the ideas for later. Yes. I mean, Nathan got a picture of this one woman that was done up all in white with antlers and those um, shoes that look like hooves and fur and everything. Oh, it looked just wonderful. I mean, the time and effort that people put into all of that was really astounding. That sounds like so much fun. is that fair just once a year? Uh, yeah, but it lasts several weeks, and that it's, ah, it's nice. permanent buildings. So the entire area, when they're not using it for the Ren Fest, it's not used for anything because those buildings oh, wow. don't move. So, uh, yeah, huge, too. I was too. about that because we're used to the medieval fair in Sarasota, Florida, mm-hmm. but that was just one weekend right. out of the year, right? Oh, right. I think so. And, from what I heard, the Ringling, the Ringling, um, it was on the Ringling Grounds, and the museum never liked it because it trashed the grounds. Oh, sure. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Man. Yeah. I mean, you can imagine the amount of trash that gets piled up in something like that. Oh, yeah. But, man, that fair was the best. But, yeah, every other fair I've heard of, it's always at least two weeks. And the pleasure fair that we went to, I think, was like a whole month, I suppose. So, oh, yeah. I mean, this was... We had several options for weekends to go, and it just did last for several weeks. And they have different oh, themes. Yeah. I mean, Several years ago, we went on Time Traveler weekend, which was so oh, much fun. I, I, love it. I wore um, my steampunk stuff, and you saw people wandering around like Back to the Future stuff. You saw a couple of Star Wars um, uh, forest troopers walking by that looked so nice. badass. So, yeah, that was just, awesome. I mean, basically, you could dress up as anything and just say that you're a time traveler. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And it's funny because I, I expected that the pleasure fair the weekend that we went, I don't remember if it had a theme. But there was plenty of other, like completely non-medieval cosplay. Oh sure, I mean, oh yeah. There was a Back to the Future cosplay with a Doc and um, what's his name, Marty, uh, and the two. Of, it was actually a fairly young guy and a young woman, but their costumes looked so good. I was just like, Wow, you guys nailed it. They looked perfect, but nothing to do with medieval stuff. No, no. Well I did actually um break down and buy myself a little hair wrap thingy. I made out of a little Ooh. spiral made out of uh, metal, but it was kind of like in peacock colors, you know, going from oh, yeah, that beautiful yeah. turquoise up to pink. Yeah, and it's made to just wrap your hair like a little bit of your hair around, so it's dangling from your head. You know where you wear something like that at a ren fest. So That's I don't know the only I don't place. know yep. why I had to get that, but I had to get something. Yeah, no, I. F- I definitely have found more and more often when we went to the pumpkin patch, I have right before Halloween, the one up in, um, (laughs) it's Bates nut farm. But of course, a lot of people like to call it Nate's butt farm. (laughs) Uh, There's always like a big sort of like art craft festival going on around it. And I was talking to Wade about this. It's like, you see all these beautiful little items on this table and you're just like, Oh, I want to buy some. And you have to remind yourself, they're so attractive because they are in a pile of a bunch of them. And mm-hmm. you buy like one or two of them and you take them home and you're like, these don't throw me as much as I thought they would. I don't know. But. It made it simultaneously easier and harder to go to craft festivals when I realized that I didn't actually want to buy these things. I wanted to have been the person that made them. Yeah, no, I definitely have that feeling too. But. And then I also say that when it comes to costumes, you know, I really want to put together a good Ren Faire costume. But... I don't know. I mean, I just, you get right to that moment where you're like, yes, I'm going to do this. And then you look at the prices. and You're like, ee, maybe I could make something. And it's not quite the same. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, some of the uh, stores uh, at the actual RenFest were selling clothes. And you see this like nice tattered leather bustier sort of thing that would look perfect for a costume. $125. And it barely oh, covers yeah. your boobs. So. Yep, yep, yep. There was one, it was like a... It was a skirt, but it was made out of all of these strips of multicolored cloth, but it was really super well made. And me and Lauren had walked over there like, "Ooh!" And we looked and looked at the price tag. We're like, oh, three hundred dollars. So, OK. Yep. Moving no, on. pretty now. standard, <laughs> you know, but the thing is, I'm sure it's worth it because, you know, the amount of time Have you ever heard that one song um, and it's a. Uh, You can send it to anybody who asks you why something costs so much. Did something like it cost this much? Because it took me fucking hours. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear that. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll put a link to it in the podcast description, but man alive but I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week so make sure to check out com for all the book reviews the movie reviews the comic book reviews the photo galleries or the fan art galleries Lauren got accepted to LA Comic Con so she'll be I yes actually Natasha got accepted too but she'd already bought a ticket and they're telling her that they don't do refunds and I'm like well that's dumb because that's Comic Con does that you can buy a ticket to Comic Con but if you get a press pass assigned to you they automatically refund the money on the other one because yeah, they don't want you to have two but um, yeah so I know that Natasha will be there too. Don't know if she's taking photos for us or not, but we will definitely have photos from LA, Comic-Con, and in two weeks, I will be going to DesignerCon, I'm very excited about that. Definitely want to see the pictures from that. They always have just the most amazing stuff that I would never have thought of. I mean, the oh, minds so that weird. come up with these things. Oh, my goodness. So weird. But, yeah. All that and more, PixladyGeek.com. So next week, we will definitely have a, a Night veil vale episode. I believe just one. If my math is off, maybe we'll have two because <laughs> we're specific. Uh, and also, I have watched some more Sandman, so we'll have to talk about that. Yes, it's been kind Kind of an interesting few weeks, so I haven't been able to watch any more Sandman since um, the sound of her wings. But we'll um, t- let's just plan to do that for next week. Yeah, this sounds like a good plan. But one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later.